Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid. of the NRL All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley, back ahead of TLT for round eight. Supercoach podcast tonight. After round seven with massive scoring in Supercoach, it is presented us with a huge amount to talk about. So I've got Billy back on board again. Billy, hope you had a good weekend. Anzac long weekend. I always love the footy on the Anzac long weekend, going out, playing two up watching the Roosters and Dragons, but none of it came together for me this week. And we'll talk about that a little bit more soon. But what about yourself? Well, I had a good weekend, but it had nothing to do with uh, SC, mate. <laughs> it's for sure. Oh, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the footy, mate. It's good to see the Eels bounce back after a, uh, a yeah, West Tigers loss against the uh, Mighty Knights. <laughs> points and points, mate. Um, yeah, and nah, shame about super coaches week, but we'll dissect that in a minute. It's a bit painful as a non-pappy and non-clearie owner, is all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, no, I don't know. Everyone's a little bit different. I, the super coach absolutely ruined my weekend, I've got to be honest. Like, it, I, I did not enjoy watching the football as much as I normally do, especially on Nans that weekend. I was killing it in two up. Got got out in the middle, spun it up, got the three heads in a row, won like 640 bucks real early on in my, my two up outing, and um, but still couldn't mask the pain, so... I mean, let's just talk Supercoach results because we need to just get it over and done with. I I know that you think that you had a shocker, so why don't you why don't you tell us why you're so sad about your Supercoach last week? Because then I'll make you totally feel better when I talk about my team. Because <laughs> I was all set to uh, punt Teddy for uh, Cleary, and then we set my ways, but um, I thought. Um, no, I'll give Teddy one, one more week. I wasn't. I, I looked at the photo of Pappy's ankle and thought, "There's no way in hell he's playing on that." So instead of selling uh, Teddy for Pappy and having Pappy and Teddy score, so Pappy and uh, Cleary score with uh, Cleary as captain, I sold Pappy for uh, Tom Alolo and for feeder back. <laughs> we're thirteen hundred and thirty or something with no Pappy and no and uh, It's it's still not a Cleary. bad score. Was like, like you still, still got a half decent one. Yeah, I know, but yeah, but it would have been since sixteen hundred put me put me back into the uh the uh, top a few hundred, so really frustrating unfortunately. I fell sixteen thousand spots on the weekend. So Jesus. if you want to feel better, I, I started the season quite well. Um and I was pretty happy because normally it's sort of clawing back from a, a, a slower start and you kinda of do the long game. But I came out of the box really good. Um, and sort of was eyeing off. At this point, I honestly thought that I could have got to the you know the top one to two hundred type of thing, um, and absolutely blown out the last couple of weeks. So uh, it was. I was thinking, you know, it's it's a terrible week. Maybe I'll fall sort of four thousand, five thousand spots, and it was three, four times as bad as that. So, um, what did you, you do to cop that? I actually had like it's legitimately the worst super coach week that I've had ever since I've been playing, which is a long time. So, yeah, the, the weeks these weeks happen to everybody, so it's not going to be a poor as me type of thing. Did ruin my weekend, but, you know, it's a new week now, so I'm happy again. But it was, like, it wasn't the worst score I've ever gotten, but it was the worst comparatively to the round 
and also every decision that I made was the wrong one, every single one. And I've just never had it unfold like that. So tuck yourself in, Billy. I'm going to tell you a little story, okay? And you're going to feel really good at the end of it because it's going to be a happy <laughs> ending for you. But it's like a horror story for me. So right through the week, I was I was deciding on um, on a big trading in the second row. And it was all Kawatu, uh, TPJ, and also Talakai. And I was leaning towards Talakai. And I actually had him in my team. And I, I put up in one of the groups that you know of um, a, a, a poll. And like 90% of the voters said, you know, get all the Kawatu in. And I looked at it and went, oh, okay, well, I'm a bit scared of Talakai now. But I went, you know what? No, nah, I, I want Talakai in there hour before kickoff or something or reverse trades and um, went, you know what, stuff it. I'm just going to bypass this game altogether, forget it. Um, and I'm going to wait and I'll do my trades during the round. Talakai obviously went off, which we'll talk about a bit later. That made me feel sick to the stomach, especially that it was the first half, right? So it just sort of killed me from the first half of the first game and I was just sick to my stomach. And then got to the next day and I went, you know what, let's try throw TPJ out the window too. I can't do that now. Um, and then we sort of got along and I went, you know what? I was going to, I was going to potentially get Cleary in, um, but I sort of said, no, nah, I'll wait. I'll, I'll, I'll wait um, maybe a week and get him in. I went, you know what? I'll just get Cleary in now because I need to chase, right? Talakai's gone. I've got to chase. I had a look and because of the lockout and the games that had already been played, I could have moved my team around to actually make a trade for Cleary. I thought that was okay you know, because I was willing to sacrifice this week and get clearing in the following week. So I wasn't, you know, I thought it was okay. Obviously how it worked out, I would have caught up on Talakai because I would have had Cleary and I probably would have captained or vice-captained him. That's another story. Couldn't get Cleary in. So what do you do, Barnsley? Well, you know what, Billy? I absolutely, and I was trying not to swear when I'm saying this, absolutely hate stags as an option. <laughs> I've said that in the preseason. I said it during the year. And I was super desperate and on high tilt. And I was like, you know what? Who's left that can actually get a massive score that can kind of call me back a little bit? You know, I was like the the gambler that's lost like 50 hands of poker in a row and you're just searching for that witty hand. And I went, stuff it. I'm, I'm going to get stagged in. He's cheap enough. At worst, he's going to make some cash. I can just burn a trade to get him out in a couple of weeks. But, yeah, obviously with this matchup, yeah, surely, surely he's going to put up a big score. And versus Bulldogs. And I got stags in and obviously then watched the game and absolutely hated myself because I never liked stags as a trade-in. I've said it all week. I said, it, you know, he was an option, but I, I don't really, you know, love him. And obviously he delivered next to nothing with 30-something points and, and wasn't involved whatsoever. And even in the second half when they went romping home, he did nothing. So so that was the first part of it. Um, and then it just spiralled out of control from there because then I did a downgrade to Blake Taff, who... Again, I never wanted to trade Schneider out yet. I, I really had reservations about Taff, which I've shared with you the week before on the podcast. Didn't think that he could score that well anyway. Uh, and I ended up getting him in. So I hated myself because Taff and, and Cleary, when, uh, Taff and Stags were never in my plans. They weren't guys that I liked. They weren't trades that I liked. And I did both of them. And I did both of them because I didn't plan enough. I wasn't on top of my trades enough. And then I had to chase and I just made... Every decision I made after that was just poor. Ended up captaining Teddy. Thought that was better than what it looked like. Um, you know, I actually thought that they underscored him. But anyway, that's another story. Um, and obviously, we had a, a million guys go off in the round. Um, so, yeah, that's my story this week, mate. And I've got to tell you, like even everyone I reserved was the wrong player. <laughs> it was just, 
everything, every decision was compounded more and more by the game. And it all came back to me not being sure or, or certain enough to just stick with my gut and do the trades I wanted to do from the start. Sounds like you and I were dumb and dumber last week. I think on the pod last week I said, uh, no, nah, I just agree with you and said, no, nah, you've got to get Talakai in still. You've still, you still got plenty in him. And, uh, and you told me I was mad someone happy. So <laughs> I think if we both actually took each other's advice, it'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I need to clarify too because the Pappy stuff's come up with a couple of guys um, that have that have chatted to to me and sent DMs and stuff. And like I said on the podcast last week, if Pappy doesn't play, then you know I, I think it's a it's a, a strategy that you can consider for sure. But obviously he played, so you know, like, and when I was talking to you, like, I thought you were going to pull the trigger if he actually didn't play or is ruled out. Like, I was I needed, pretty I ballsy to, for you to do it when he was I playing. I needed to do it early in the round though, so I could get for feeder as well as Tom Lowe. Um I was going, I was going to clear it. No, no, he's got a reasonably high break even. Let's just give him sort of uh, one, one more week. I think uh, Fafita had like a B of six and Lolo was was scoring uh, 75, 80 and sort of base off big minutes. And I thought, yeah, just give him a run. And yeah, Fafita moves to centres. <laughs> Lolo's guys have gone pretty well, so we didn't need to come back on. Like, it still went all right, but just frustrating when you when you get guys in this undervalued and they don't do much and then the one guy that you know, is has a break even at eight eighty scores hundred and fifty. <laughs> oh and the uh, the guy that's got a foot the size of a basketball t- turns up on Sunday and yeah I'm sweet and ends up kicking goals and having what four try assists and two himself. Just what are the odds? Anyway. Yeah, it was a really big round of footy. Um, so I mean, let's uh, not going to focus on our teams too much, but like we normally Just have a, a you know ten minute <laughs> chat about strategy and stuff at the start of the podcast. I mean, it is a really good example to learn from. You know, me and Billy both of us really say some of the same stuff. Where you know, planning is really important. Um, ha- having your moves in place, having backup plans in place, and and really the planning. You know, and making sure that you're making the right decisions and taking your time with them. I didn't take my own advice this week. It happens sometimes, you know, these things happen. I didn't have as much time this last week as what I could have. I'm working on my team and stuff and, you know, this is what happens. You know, you you run the risk of these type of things. Uh, but what you do need to do, though, Billy, is not continue being on tilt. You know, you can't be the the, the uh, problem gambler that just keeps coming back day after day for like a month thinking that you're going to win and you're just going to keep at it and keep taking more and more risks, which is what some super coaches do, you know. There's some super coaches that I'll have this week that I just had and they'll kind of try and double down and look for, you know, pods that could score them 150 and stuff and, you know, do some crazy stuff. And I've seen it many times. You know, I learned my lesson last week, but I'm not going to be doubling down this week and going crazy. you got to semi yourself. I've done that. I'm going to come back this week. It's one bad week. It happened to go as bad as you could possibly get, but lessons learned, already knew them anyway, but, you know, sometimes it's a good reminder, even if you finish first before. And, you know, some of, some of the guys that have finished first before have had shocking weeks too. So it can happen, mate, but let's look at the round. Um, as far as the Supercoach scoring goes, it was obviously a huge round. We had 1,300 plus scores, which is right up there, but it was also one of those ones where not only was there 1,300 plus scores, there was three that were 150 plus with Pappenhausen coming in at 155, Cleary at 158, and Talakai at 165. So if you owned all three of those guys, you were laughing. And it was also around where we had almost 30 guys score 80 plus, which is right up there as well. So all in all, up there as close to the highest scoring round that we've had so far in the Supercoach season. 
So really big round. The trend that actually changed and flipped the script a little bit on what we've seen a lot of the season is finally we saw a lot of the the, the more highly owned guys come through. So certainly when we've had sort of eight, nine, ten hundred pluses, it's been you know fifty to seventy percent pod, um, and this is the first time we're actually the, the top few scorers, like the top five guys this round were Coates, Papali'i, Pappenhausen, Cleary, and Talakai. And they were all at least 20% owned. So none of them were close to pods. Uh, someone like Pappenhausen's 52% owned. It really bucked the trend. And in fact, seven of the 10 best scorers were all actually highly owned guys. So seen a bit of a turnaround in that respect. Um, the other thing too is that the scoring is well and truly up now. So even with the results, you know, we had five games that were absolute floggings on the weekend, including the Storm putting 70 on. We had six teams score 30 plus points. The, the Sharks mainly wasn't a flogging because it ended up 34-22, but the Sharks well and truly flogged them in the first half and it was a game that had a lot of points in it. So all of a sudden, Billy, the points have opened right up. Um, and I'm not going to make excuses for myself with some of my team build, but you know, one of the reasons why I was going good at the start and one of the things that I sort of started to focus on, which I've chatted about on the pod before too, is that uh, if we're going to have less scoring in the back, so I was kind of focused a little bit more on t- trying to adjust with that. Um, so guys like Yo, who actually has been quite good for me, I got in sort of round three or whatever because of the stability uh, in the base and, and some other guys that are similar to that, whereas now it's actually flipped around the last couple of weeks and we are seeing the high scores that we were seeing last year. We are seeing a lot of the guns scoring very big points and all of a sudden it's sort of more back to the super coach that we, that we knew last year. Really big flip on the point scoring um, and certainly on the NRL side as well. We're seeing teams starting to give up a little bit as well and get absolutely flogged, which is what happened to the Warriors on the weekend for sure. And certainly the Knights too were in that boat. So right, the, the high scoring is back. And I think you, you have to be looking at these trends and things because you've got to be able to adjust your strategy accordingly and be able to spot it. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, and that's the thing that's sort of frustrating. Like you look at a lot of the teams at the top now and um, some of them have strategy, some don't. But uh, So you look at them and go, well, why are the ones that don't have strategy you know, are doing better than me? And you look at your own team and go, all right, so um, I've got Yeo as well. And although he was a good buy and he's, he, he's doing pretty well, he's only averaging sort of what, 70, maybe a touch under that. Like he, he, he's increased in value that... It's basically five hundred fifty thousand um, dollars for a bloke that was a bit undervalued. He's scoring a few points now, but you can always substitute a bloke like that for you know, someone you know, like like a king off the bench. You know? And the, the the extra sort of three hundred k that you've basically spent in um, in in year is money that could have gone early on, like the the Clearies and the Pappenhusens or. Or who were going Hines early and the high volatility blokes that have absolutely shot those guys in the top 100. So, plenty of strategies. There's, there's the buy cover, there's the buying undervalued strategy, there's also the just have, have, a, have a, a, whole bunch, a whole bunch of uh, volatile crap around, you know, the four or five guns. Yeah, definitely, Billy. And if you have a look at the, like the top 15 scores of the round, two out of the 15 top scores were actually Fords, the other 13 were all backs. So it pretty much tells you where it's at. Um, so when we're having a look at strategy now, I mean, there's, there's kind of a couple of things that uh, it might seem a little bit, um, I guess, self-explanatory, but again, you know, it isn't necessarily for everyone. You say like last year, especially, we talked about it a lot, where you've got to get the high ceiling players in because it is going to hurt you too much. You know, that wasn't as much of an issue earlier on in the season. In the first month, you weren't getting these scores. Um, but now... I absolutely have to get 
any high ceiling player in. And whether if I have to sacrifice, you know, some of these solid forwards, whether it's a Yao or whether it's a, even a Payne Haas, if he's a little bit underdone and stuff, I, you got to do that now. I think, uh, I think you just got to you got to zag and just go straight to these high scoring guys because you can't you can't afford not to have guys that can put up the sort of points that a, a Cleary, a Talakai and so forth can put up. You know, you've got to have that ceiling now. If that ceiling's going to be there and it looks like it will be, you've got to get, get on it. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing, mate. You get a guy like Haas who's an absolute weapon and scoring you know, 75 points a week with ease, but you can get someone that's basically bottom, bottom dollar price to score 45 and the extra sort of 400 grand. Is that really worth what the extra, what, 25 points? I don't think so. I think that 400 grand can go on the half. It's going to get you those 150s as captain or vice yep. captain. And the other thing that I've noticed too, and um, this is a bit frustrating, and I know it comes up a lot. Like a lot of people call it the unicorn points. Um, certainly the superstar points is another one that comes up. And, and look, it does happen. Uh, and I've, I've actually made a couple of comments. And I actually think the last few weeks there, there has been a skew in the scoring where it's been a little bit more, I'm not going to say wrong, it, it, it's been a bit more... Uh, I guess, uh, lacks in how they've been scoring some things um, and certainly a few changes, a couple of little inconsistencies. But one of the things that is there is you know, you'll get some posts in, in, in Supercoach Central and stuff of, you know, so-and-so is get, getting Supercoach um, unicorn points again or Superstar points or whatever. And I've always said forever and a day, you know, if you know that's happening, it's, it's almost like it's almost like if you know a fix is in on a sporting match, right? If you know the fix is in, get on the fix, don't whinge about it, you know? So, you know, if you know that a certain player gets the superstar treatment, then you probably should own them and that negates you having to whinge about it because you own them and you're getting the benefit of it. So that's really the smart thing to do. Um, one of the things that I did notice, though, is uh, I think that Teddy has actually lost his his unicorn badge. I don't think that the scorers are seeing him as super, superstar anymore. I reckon he lost a couple of uh, tackle breaks. There was an arguable line break that he didn't get that I reckon maybe you know, a year ago, he probably would have gotten. But there are guys like him too, where you've got to be cognizant of the fact that he's actually not picking them up. Whereas someone like, certainly Pappenhausen for sure, um, and probably Cleary to a degree, I reckon there was one or two maybe arguable yeah. try assists on the weekend. Uh, they're getting it 100%. Like if there's anything remotely near them, they're getting the points. And I'm not whinging about it. Like as a non-Cleary, I'm not, I'm not having a bitch about it. I'm I'm saying, like, when you see that, like I am, that's a clear strategy. Well, I've got to get on that. Like, if that's how that he's going to be treated, that's fine. You know, we've got to get on that, and that's how you do it. Whereas someone like Teddy and certainly some of the other guys as well that might have fallen out of favour a little bit, and there's probably one or two others, they're not getting the favourable calls. So you've got to take that into account as well as a strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talakai is the flavour of the month now, right? He's he got an arguable um, assist on the weekend as well that a few people whinged about, but... He's, he's now the poster boy. You know, everyone loves Talakai because it's a great story, right? But he's front and centre of all the media at the moment. Everyone loved watching him last week and everyone's really liked watching him for the last month. You know, he's a bit of a cult hero in Cronulla. So naturally, he's a guy that's getting a lot of positive looks. And when that happens subconsciously, I do think that scorers do look at it and kind of go with the hot hand a little bit. So I do think that it's actually a strategy where you've got to get on those guys if you know it's happening. And likewise, if you think that it's falling off a little bit on some guys, you've got to take that into account as well. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. It's just frustrating when you when you don't own them. Like, um, I remember finishing finishing watching that sort of uh, that sort of Panthers game. I remember Cleary being on 34 at half time. I thought, I think Cross hasn't done too much. And then 
get a couple of tries, just a couple of goals. Like, ah, oh, Christ, you just got to score like 100, 110. And you go look at the scores and you're like, what? Where the hell did that come from? There's no way. And then you go and look at it and mean, why does Targo not have a lineback try assist? Like, it's not, uh, like, oh. I know what they're saying. Popped a little sort of ball out the back, but how much work did he do versus Targo? So, you know, drawing defender and passing. Yeah. Is that sour grapes? I don't know. Like, I think they uh, gave him a few more unicorn points than what, I would, than what a few people would have been happy with, but no, just time to jump on board, I suppose. Yeah, and look, that's what happens. I mean, I, I thought the Targo one was pretty arguable. The, the Targo one could have gone to Targo. Uh, I thought he did a little bit with that, but, yeah, that's the same thing as we were saying with Teddy. You know, definitely there were some tackle breaks that he didn't get the benefit of the doubt on um, that he probably should have done. I think were pretty clear cut, but this is what happens, right? When you're running hot or, you know, you're one of the top players or the stars, you get treated like a star. And for yeah, certain coach, means you've got to yeah. get on them because that's how the scorers are going to look at it. So um, let's get into TLT. Let's start to go through it right now. So first game of the round, we've got the Sharkies again. And this time they're up against the Broncos. So really big matchup on super coach fronts. There's no changes to the 17. Walters is named a starter hooker for Corey Pax, who's on the bench for the Broncos. And then with the Sharkies, we've got Fanukin returning. So I did see a few people actually jump on Cameron, Cameron McInnes, uh, and now he's back on the bench again. Braden Trindle's in the reserves. Wade Graham's actually out of the 17, but he's been named on the extended bench. I would expect him to come in. I don't think anyone's going to still own T. Wilton, but you know if you do... Um, Wade Gray is probably going to go over on that edge and it's going to push him to the bench. Billy, as far as this game goes, when we're looking at Market Watch at the moment, um, and I'll also say with Market Watch guys, so especially if you're a first time listener, you understand, you know, we're looking at trends of players going in and out in the top tens. That can change. Uh, and with this week, we've had ga- a lot of games yesterday and a bit of a hangover. So there's probably not been as much action today. So it could change quite a bit. But at the moment, when we're looking at players traded out, we have Katoni Staggs. I mentioned, Billy, that I got on Staggs um, and I was incredibly disappointed, to say the least. You know, playing the Bulldogs, we expect him to have a good game. He had 31 in raw base and he scored 37 points in total. Uh, I believe in the first half he had like four runs because I was counting and he just wasn't involved at all. Even when the Broncos ran right in the second half, he still only managed to get 37 points. And I actually think 20, 25 points or something of that was the second half points that he got because he did absolutely nothing in the first. So 570,000, he's now got a 47 break even. If he had a good score um, last week with the rolling 102 from round six and a decent score round seven, he actually could have been close to a negative break even again. I think that's what a lot of us hoped, including me. He's not. He's at a 47. He's playing the the best defensive team in the comp, in the Sharkies. Uh, It's him up against Talakai, which is going to be a handful. I understand people selling but do you see any way, considering, you know, the big games that he had were against the Roosters and the Panthers and the poor games that he's had now, you know, sides like the Bulldogs that are anchored at the bottom of the ladder, he's now scored 37 and 32 points against. Sharkies look like a hard matchup, but he seems to step up for those ones. So how do you feel about selling him this week? Yeah, if you need cash to upgrade, he's probably the, the obvious choice. But um, if you can do if you can do otherwise, he's, he's not the worst to keep, mate, if, he said it himself, he scored 37 last week just what, with four runs and doing absolutely nothing and getting, getting no ball. But that's the worst you're going to do for a century call that's not going to lose any, any coin. If you can keep him this week, 100%, just keep him playing. Um, yeah, wants to break even sort of heads heads north of uh, what, he's, what he's going to be able to hit. That's when you sort of punt him. So I'll give him one more week if possible. 
Yeah, look, I think it's fine either way. Oh, I don't think it's a huge error to keep him. Um, I don't think it's a huge error to get rid of him either. Look, I've looked at getting him out. I've only owned him for a week, but that's more because I'm so upset about it. Yeah. Um, well, the, uh, the only thing to be concerned about is that Adam Reynolds has found out that there's a, uh, a player on the other side of him, so uh, he might throw a couple more over his head. Well, yeah, that's true as well. Um, I mean, look, he has made 60K this last week, and he has made 136K on his starting price. So he has actually made a bit of money. So it does make a little bit of sense. When we're looking at the trade-ins, though, um, the number one trading player at the moment is Talakai, who we spoke about. Over 10% of coaches trading in at the moment. He's now basically $700,000, but he's still got a minus 51 break-even. I guess there's a couple of trains of thought here with Talakai, Billy. There's the guys that are holding off that are probably saying to themselves, 700 k for a centre wing. There's no really, there's no value in that. He's just scored 165 points. He probably won't approach that again this year. Um, I'm going to wait. He doesn't play the first buy. There's a lot of reasons to look at it and go, look, I'm overpaying, you know, and I should have gotten on when he was 500K. 700 is too much of a price tag. The other way to look at it, though, is he has been in outstanding form um, and he's now got three out of his last four games that are a ton. While he started at centre, He's gone 108, 59, 114, and 165. And he hasn't even needed to play bad teams to do that. Um, the Broncos the Broncos could easily give him license to run right. You know, Stags might try his best, but, you know, the next month of footy, he's got the Broncos, the Warriors, the Raiders, and the Titans. Yeah, it, the way he's playing, I just, with his high floor, I just can't see a way that he doesn't succeed. But the other thing, too, that people have to remember is, like, it's it's worth the trade to just buy someone like Talakai to keep up with everyone. But if he doesn't work out, you'll look at the worst case scenario this week and it is, look, minus 51 BE. He's probably not going to score below 50. He's still going to be close to a negative BE again next week. You're going to make a, you'll make 150K out of him in the next three weeks and then move him on if he's not doing any good. So it's just a win-win with Talakai. I, I don't really see any way that you can knock get in with his ceiling and, and with how he's going now. And with his high ownership and how we have to chase points, especially when you get guaranteed to make money at the worst case. You know, other thing too that we mentioned last week is, you know, round 12 is going to be made into a center wing. So if it is working, he's going to be one of the most sought after center wings. And if you don't get him now, it might be very hard to get him in later. Yeah, look, the, the way he's been playing, mate, there's absolutely no way in hell they're going to take, they're going to put him, put him back to a second row, put him on the bench in, in the short term. While he's doing that damage, you're just going to keep putting him there and keep passing out there. Um, you saw last week they just get going and going and going to him. So the same thing will happen. Um, as for the price tag, think of it this way: if that was Dave Vafita, uh, not uh, Talak by his name, and he was priced um, at that price with negative fifty-one break-even, you'd be jumping on thinking Look, this is all my last chance to get Vafita, just because he's playing in the centre is probably turning a few people off. But I think the the numbers that you, the, the numbers that you rattled off before show that he's uh. It's, it's not just freak luck, mate. He, he's damaging. So and he's, he's got Hines and they're feeding it to him out the back. He keeps going looking for him. So I'm not going to bang on anymore other than say, look, the same as last week. He's still a buy, especially off the back of that 160. Yeah, and if to finish off on Talakai, if you leave out all the, 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 the shiny stats of scoring tries and line breaks and assists, just look at the other stuff. Like his base attack, 12 points in offloads on the weekend, 16 in tackle breaks, 28 points just in base attack. And then another 32 points just in runs. You know, he's he's got 60-plus in base-base attack just on the weekend. You know, so it wasn't a matter of him getting a massively inflated score just from, you know, the tries and the line breaks and everything. His, his base-base attack 
would have got him to 67 points on the scoring on the weekend. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a great matchup by as well for this week against the Broncos. If he was playing a better team, you know, you might be scared off a little bit more, but he will absolutely tower the Broncos, I reckon, this week. So I think he's a great buy for a 100-plus score. Um, the average um, the average four points a minute in the first half. You realise that? It's absolutely insane. It was the worst one first half of football to watch, not owning a player in the history of the game of fantasy sports in any sport, I'm going to say. Well, look, we move on. The other guys that are getting traded in in this game are, are Corey Pax. Um, now, he's only 237000 I think people are downgrading a Randall um, because he's got a small negative break even and it's away from the free up cash to a Talakai or even to a Cleary if they don't own him. I kind of understand the downgrade, but I mean, like his minutes have been 49, 36 and 26. He's starting off the bench for the Broncos against the best defensive team in the comp at the moment in the Sharkies. Um, scored 77 points on the weekend, granted, but it was with a try and it was playing 49 minutes. Um, I'm not I'm not convinced that's the best downgrade option you could get. I wouldn't be doing it myself. Um, but the other guy is someone who came up last week and I said, look, you know what, um, TMM, He's starting at fullback for the Broncos. It's a fantastic story that he's managed to come back and play, but hasn't played for a couple of years. So you'd want to have a look at him. Um, he's still not going to get a price rise this week, um, but you know he looked pretty solid. Um, and certainly he's retained the spot. He's 188,000. So um, T. Marie Martin is an option as a jewel as well. Um, I don't love it, Billy, but I guess at 188,000, if you have to do it, uh, to get one of these other guns and you, you do what you have to, right? And it starts to make a little bit more sense to make some of these moves. Depends on, depends on how long he's going to stay there. He's actually he actually looked pretty decent last week um, in a team where he had a couple of a couple of weaving runs. He, 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 he had, uh, had some good support play where he didn't sort of get through the line. He kind of looked dangerous. I think it's a little bit early to jump on him, but for a desperation move, if you want to downgrade, um, it's probably in the sort of top three. I think Valley Army's back, and um, uh, you've got a, a couple of other smaller options, but he's a potential, but uh, he misses a third, fourth pick of a lot. Yeah, look, I, and I lie as well. He's, he's actually uh, 205,000, but still, you know, relatively cheap. I think he scored 38 points, which is pretty solid considering, you know, he didn't really have much happening, uh, but he looked quite good, like you said, with the ball in the hands. I think the worry is that you bring him in for a Sharks game. He could easily have a, a shocker and score, you know, 15 or 20 points, and he's not going to have that great a break even to come off either. And um, and like Billy said, I think news out for a couple of more weeks at least. So, you know, he's probably pretty safe, but it, he could well, well be out of the side after sort of one one or two cash rises that aren't going to be that great. So, look, I, th- I think that you can do better downgrades than him. Um, but, yeah, I'd be looking at other downgrades if I could. When we're looking at this match with the captain, vice captain, like it's obviously the Hines-Talakai talk, right? Yeah, Hines himself, I think Hines was very overshadowed on the weekend. He himself had a really good game, um, managed to score 97 points just under the ton. And against the Broncos... Yeah, he could absolutely destroy it as well. Um, so he's a real big vice captaincy chance. But now that Talakai's come off this big game last week and with the Broncos outside backs being susceptible, do you go no to Hines and put the VC on Talakai? Um, it's an option. I'd, I'd probably lean towards going with, uh, with Hines. So, um, he's obviously got the goal kick and dry track. Um, how, how many times have you seen teams sort of go left one week? Even the Rabbits, 
think I left for one, two, three weeks, and all of a sudden just say, you know what, we're going to mix it up this week. We're going to we're going to go right. So, um, I think Telegraph still has a lot more attack down. Has a lot of attack down that sort of side, but obviously after last week, Broncos will be sort of preparing for it and tell, and uh, I think you find Heinz, he probably goes right a little bit sort of more just to sort of mix it up a bit. So I'd still take the goal kicker. Yeah, I actually think that um, there's going to be some Heinz VCs that are going to jump off and put it on Talakai because Talakai's a hot hand. He's the guy who had the 165-point game last week. And the reality is, you know, I do think that Talakai will back it up and have a big game. I do think he can go 100-plus for sure. But he's because he did the 165 last week, it's going to be a lot harder statistically for him to go 165 again this week. Whereas someone like Hines, we know he has those scores in him and he hasn't done it yet. You know, he's got those 180s in him from before, um, hasn't done that quite yet, but he's had quite a few tons this year already. Better off banking on the goal kicker, like Billy said, and, and going for Hines to try and hope that he has one of those 150 games this week. Top sport better the week on this one. I actually can't believe the Sharkies are paying $1.30 on top sport. Um, I've I can't see the Sharks losing to the Broncos at all. Uh, minus 11.5 line at $1.90. Uh, I'm going to pull that to a minus 9.5 for $1.69. And, and I reckon that's pretty good value for the Sharkies, and I'm going to go for that one. Titans versus Panthers is the next one. Now, on the Titans side of things, um, Holbrook's obviously put uh, Fafita back in the back row, which is good news. He seemed to kind of be res- resigned to the fact that it didn't work throwing him in at centre, which I'm sure everybody except for him knew was going to happen. And AJ Brimson has gone to fullback. So they made a couple of little changes. Sarko and Wallace completely dropped. Will Smith starting at 5'8". So on the Panthers side, there's obviously no changes. They're going along great guns for Supercoach and in real life. When we're looking at market, watch Billy. Furmore and Fafita are getting sold quite heavily, both in the top 10 at the moment. It's an interesting one. Look, I think Furmore's just lost like 40 grand. He, he needs to go. Um, you're not going to get any more out of Furmore. I think you need to cut your losses probably last week, which a lot of coaches did. It makes sense that more people are cutting off now. The last three weeks, he's got 49, 39, and 42 points. And I also think the Titans look really bad, and that's no good for him. Um, but on the Fafida side of things, I think it's one of those things where people are looking for money to get a Talakai or to get a Cleary in, or even a Papa Lee, who we'll talk about a bit more later. And they're looking at it going, you know, Fafita just threw up 42 points. He's playing the Panthers this week. I need to find cash and I can't find anywhere, so I'm going to trade Fafita out. He was playing at centre on the weekend, right? So play, getting 42 points, it's not it's not that unheard of, That not not that much of a surprise. He shouldn't have been playing out in the centres. But certainly playing up against Penrith, it's going to be a tough gig this week. 750,000, a break-even of 85. Um, I dare say people are going to try and buy Fafita back later, but... Good question for you, Billy, with this trade. You know, if you had to trade David Fafita to get a Cleary in or a Talakai, I would. Are you doing that trade? If you if you need if you needed to cash to, to get those, then yeah, I would. Um, oh, the only reason I'm not doing it myself is because I, <coughs> I sold him two weeks ago for Tedesco who's, and Walker, who both did nothing for two weeks, and then he produced a hundred and a hundred. And then I bought him back and he put it out of 42. So I'm um, once bitten, twice, twice shy. <laughs> Don't know what to do. But I absolutely wouldn't put it past uh, anyone else that's selling it to Query. That just absolutely makes sense. Yeah, it does. And look, I think if you have to do that, you do it. Um, one of the one of the good strategies with it that can pay off is he's playing the Panthers, who are a top defensive side. 
Um, and the Titans look awful, so they may very well just get absolutely belted. And in fact, I think they will. And he's in 28% of teams. So I guess you could go, well, you know what? He's a highly owned player and he's he's likely to have a poor game this week. So I can jump off and get one up on a quarter of super coaches that are still probably going to retain him. Um, and you know, that's a decent way to get to get points up on, you know, a good portion of the super coaches that you're up against. So I actually see the merit in it, um, but he is one of those guys, though, that does have that high upside that we're talking about. So, you know, maybe it'll come off this week. But, you know, the next week against the Roosters, Roosters are still defending okay. Dragons the week after that. Yeah, that's a better matchup for him. You know, one of these ones afterwards, he's probably likely to turn up again. Uh, and that's going to be the concern. Look, Cleary was spoken about as far as market watch ins go. He is the number one in. He's the second most trading player behind uh, Talakai. He's about 20% owned at the moment. So certainly, Billy, he isn't heavily owned like he has been in the past. Um, coaches are scrambling to get him in now, but he's 955000 and I, you know, I got it wrong last week and I put my hand up. I sort of said, you know, well, he's got a break even of around 90. He's unlikely to be much more and we might even get lucky and you might even drop in price. That didn't happen. We've got to pay 50K more, <laughs> but it's not the worst thing in the world. Like if you're going to buy him at 900K, you can find an extra 55,000. But I think some of these trades that we're seeing, it's coaches scrambling because to try and pay a million bucks for someone is a lot. But after back-to-back 150 pluses, playing a Titan side, that has looked really bad, I think. I said last week I wasn't that scared of last week's game because sides like Canberra can be a little bit troublesome um, in how they play, um, but I was shit scared about the Titans. Now, obviously, I got it completely wrong for that Canberra game, but the Titans, you know, I, I did not want to not own Cleary for because I was really worried about how they're looking, uh, and I am petrified how much Cleary could put up this week. So I absolutely would do everything I could to get him in now. Yeah, I'm going to do the same. I don't know who I'm going to sell, but it's going to be one of uh, Fafita or uh, Haas. Um, I can't believe Haas has actually renamed this guy. He's gone from you know, being off the field to coming back on to having what potential forward injury to all of a sudden being named again. And um, yeah, Fafita, exactly what you said. Um, plus, I don't know what the whole book's going to be, mate. He, I reckon he, pro- you reckon he even looked at sort of um, you know, Calakai on Friday night and had a couple of stubbies and went, that looks like a good idea. I might try that tomorrow. Uh, look, I, I don't want to get started on Holbrook. I, I just think that he's just not a very good coach. And it's it's not talked about enough when we're talking about coaches on the block, how much he should be. Look, I, I don't want to bring this up, Billy, you know, because there's probably some Cleary owners going, you know what, uh, I'll, 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 maybe I can't afford it, but I'll try it later. Gold Coast Titans are currently the record holders for Cleary of giving up the biggest score of his career of 225 points. So Cleary obviously holds the mantle right at the top of all-time supercoach scoring a 225. That was against the Gold Coast Titans. So, like, it's a, it's a very big omen for me. I have to get him in for this, and I have to VC or C him for this because I just can't afford not to. Um, so that's a pretty clear cut on this one. Um, and I think that the Panthers, if they beat the Raiders by 36 points or whatever last week, if the Titans turn up and play like they did last week, they could be the storm of this week and put on 70. So I think that pretty much gives away the top sport bet of the week on this one. Yeah. Minus 19 and a half points for a dollar eighty five for the Panthers. Yep. All over it. Look, if you're gonna if you're gonna buy um uh, bust a nut to um buy clearing this week, you, you have to cut to me. You can't you can't you can't spend that sort of money on him and, and, and not not do it. Um I wouldn't even bother bother with a VC. Just take completely take out the uh the, the low score from the loop. 
And, and one of the reasons why you say to teams at the start of the year, don't start with nuffs and don't put nuffs in your team with your trades and stuff is because you know, you want to do it later on and when you really need it, you know, and if you don't have any nuffs in your side and you can't get clear in, like now's the time to do it. This is why you don't start with four or five nuffs because you go, got to get clear in this week. Um, nuff somebody to a, a minimum value rookie that's not going to play that's a dual position to get clear in if you have to. South versus Manly is the next one. Um, funnily enough, no market activity on these guys. No one's selling heaps of South or Manly players and no one's bringing heaps in. Uh, but BE was Alex Johnston. He has a BE in the teens. And when we're having a look at the teams that have been named for this one, the Rabbits have two changes. Milne's been suspended and Tuss comes in and Host is out. But on the Seagull side of things, um, Morgan Harper has been dropped after Talakai caused him to get roped halftime and Cooler went in. Cooler will start the whole game now at centre, which is great news. Olaquato's out, which is bad for super coaches as well. Billy, on AJ, though, that we were mentioning, he is someone that you got in a few weeks ago, I believe. Um, obviously, Souths have a great run. AJ has managed to score a try on the weekend for 77 points versus the Tigers. And against the Bulldogs, he got a double for 94 points. So he is certainly someone that you can rely on normally to punish the bad teams. Now, Manly's a half-decent side, but they're, they're giving up a lot of points and they're not as good, obviously, without Turbo. It is a good week to be playing them um, and they certainly can give up points out there. So yeah, Alex Johnson with a try, at minimum, looks like a given. And the week after, he's got the Broncos, the Warriors, the Raiders and the Tigers on that great draw. He is 565000 but with a break-even of just 19, um, now's a decent enough time to get him in because he does look like he's on a bit of a run. So I'm bringing him up not because he's got like a, a really high break-even or a real low negative break-even. He's got one in the teens, but he is a guy that has been scoring tries the last couple of weeks again. And I thought the Souths look a lot better. You're an AJ owner. Are you confident within the next couple of weeks to continue on this run the last two? I'm confident that he'll get a couple of opportunities, but I just don't think I'm as confident as what I, would, what I, what I was or what I would have been um, last year with the rule changes. Um, I don't know what it is, whether it's A-Ray missing or not, but Cody just doesn't seem to look as good. Um, I know last week a lot of that was the Rabbitohs completion rate. I think it was a little bit above 50%. They were absolutely terrible at one point. Every second time they got the ball, they just dropped it in possession. And so when you do that, guys like AJ suffer because it's one less attacking opportunity that opportunity that's going to happen at the other end. I lack that much confidence in AJ and Walker's ability at the moment that I'm actually considering sort of was sort of considering sort of selling Walker just to fund the upgrade back to Pappy this week. But it's kind of, you know what? You go in for a reason, um, but that's in a draw. If you fire, particularly, particularly after last week, I'll get, I'll, I'll get Jack and just want to make myself. So I'm going to leave him in, but I'm not as confident on AJ this week as what I was in the last couple of weeks, actually. Yeah, that's fair. I'd like him to, to keep scoring in the next few. Um, I, I don't think I'd buy him at that price tag, but it's worth noting because of his lower BE and also the fact that he's only owned by 4% of teams and he has these runs in him. Um, with Cody Walker that you mentioned, I actually thought that he looked a lot better on the weekend. I know he got a bit of a rubbish try given to him and stuff, but he's been active and around the ball for the last couple of weeks and his scores have been better because of it. Um, 77 points on the weekend versus Tigers. And I think the best thing was that that ball to AJ on the weekend that got him the line break try assist for those super coach points was the old school Cody Walker that we know and love from last year that was getting all those assists. So 
I feel like he's got his confidence back a little bit. So uh, he's now 30 break even, mate. So I know you already own him, but I actually think that he's a downgrade option. Like if you've got, um, you know, a Dylan Brown that's now playing in the centres um, or even if you could with dual switch around and you could sell a Mitchell Moses or something, you can free up 250, 300K down to Cody Walker now at 460,000. And that could be enough money for you to, to upgrade the other to, to you know, um, Nathan Cleary. So, or, or Talakai, if you need to do it that way. You know, Targo to Talakai then works if you downgrade one of those eels to Cody Walker. So I actually, don't, I still don't mind Cody as a downgrade. I think he has been looking better, 77 points on the weekend. It is a value buy. They do have a good draw. I'm not going to go through the numbers on him because we've done it for the last couple of weeks. So, uh, but that is a different sort of downgrade option. Uh, when we're looking at hit and start, Billy, um, you know, Taff showed exactly why I did not like him on the weekend. At halftime, I tweeted he had four runs, three errors, six tackles, and three tackles missed. Like, he absolutely did nothing. I think he was on six points at the half or something, and that was with goal kicking. So it's a brave man that says start him this week. (laughs) But he is a goal kicker. He is playing fullback. You know, is he a sit or start for you? And likewise with young Ilias, it actually came good in the end with a couple of balls to Keon Kolomatangi. Yeah, I I started um, tough over Ilias this week because I kind of figured I can't have both of them. Um, opted for the goal kicker thinking uh, he's going to convert to the 7-8. At least I'll sort of put him on sort of you know, 25 points with 10 points of runs. So he'll have it. The score, you know, sort of 40-ish without sort of you know, really doing anything. Hopefully he gets one try. It's just to get to 60 or 65. Mate, he was absolutely woeful. I'm going to give him another run um, purely because I don't, I, I cannot for the life of me pick Randall. Every time I, I play, he scores 30, but I don't play him, he scores 65. So I'm going to avoid the Randall and just go with the um, Taft for another run. Hopefully he has a few less errors this week and a few more goals <laughs> is, is the hope there. Um, you, you've got to play someone, so look, I'll give him one, one, one more shot. Yeah, I'm not really impressed with Ilias, mate. The, the guys had, what, two try assists last week for 40. It's just, there's absolutely nothing there. He needs three or four of them just to get over 50, so he's, he's a real concern for me. I'm actually going to punt him this week, I think. Yeah, it's hard because I think Ilias' four is better, even though his four is not very good. Um, because Taft just has those real low. Like, he had 12 runs and three tackles on the weekend. Um, missed a few, had three errors. Most of those bad negative points were in the first half, but still, um, I, I don't know. I'm going to have to play one of them. I'll probably play tough, but I, I would rather sit both of them, to be perfectly honest. The guy that got some of those balls in Colin Matangi, we've mentioned him for a couple of weeks. I think he's now probably too expensive, but he's coming off 111 points. Um, so at least he mentioned what a great game that he had. You know, he... He absolutely blitzed it that second half in particular. He, he ran the ball 22 times with one line break try and five tackle breaks. Uh, he's, so his work rate was insane. Um, now, I've spoken many times that Manly's edges are garbage. Um, they've given up a lot of points on their edges and they continue to do so. So someone like Colin Matangi will probably blitz it again with a line break try this week and be a 75-plus special. He's just got too many games in the 40s for me to pay almost 650000 for him. But what he does give us, Billy, is the top sport value bet of the week. $4.20 to score any time. And he's on a bit of a spree and Manly have a very weak edge. So I think that's a little bit of a good consolation prize if you don't own him and also... You know, no captains or vice captains, I reckon, in this one either. 
Warriors and Raiders, when we're looking at the changes for these teams, got Curran out, which is going to be huge. Looks like an MCL injury in his knee, which is going to be a while. So Siren starts, uh, DWZ, Penne, Cossey are all out. So Valia makes a return on the wing, which is great for those that still have him like me because I don't have to buy him again. And he's only 200000 On the Raiders side of things, they're another side that got blitzed and they've got Whitehead returning um, and the rest of the side is the same. So pretty uh, crazy that there isn't more wholesale changes with both of these sides, mate. Both of them got flogged on the weekend and they're playing each other. With Market Watch, though, the big call is, you know, Schneider is now the number one most traded out player. I didn't want to trade him last week. I ended up doing it. You know, he scored 23 points. Um, I thought it was a mistake. I still do because I got Taft's 21 points or whatever it was instead. But it does look like with um, young Schneider that the, he's pretty much finished making money for now. They do have a bit of a draw that opens up in the next two weeks. They've got the Warriors and the Bulldogs, which is good. And they do play the first buy. But he's got to be in the 40s. I don't think that he's a must-sell, Billy, because I think he's shown enough where you could probably hold with a 40s BD. But if you've got to do it to get to Cleary, obviously he's going to be the guy to go. Yeah, 100%. Um, if, you, if you can hold him a week, though, it's... Not the worst to keep this week. The guy was actually doing really well. I mean, up until played uh, Penrith, who's what a team that's what won what, fifty-five games straight or something ridiculous. Apart from <laughs> a couple when all their all their Origin guys are out, um, you take that out of the equation. Who, who they're not playing this week? Um, what was his average prior to that? Are, are you, he was doing pretty well. He's averaging fifty-two um, with that game. He's actually like, averaging sixty plus before that thirty. Yeah, so well, there you go. So. Uh, why would, why would you sell a guy averaging 60 when all of a sudden he's gone from playing the best team in the comp with no balls all of a sudden back kicking goals against you know, the, the, the rubbish? So um, I, I'd actually be, be playing him this week if possible. Um, I think uh, <laughs> Ricky's at the end of his tether and needs a win. So <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling uh, if one team's going to step up this week, it's probably a goal, goal kicker from, uh, from behind Ricky's boot. Well, I would love to, to have him this week still. Because I'd love to be playing him against the Warriors. The Warriors go up seventy points on the weekend. He's a goal kicker, and he's got good base too. Yeah. He could score seventy plus this week yeah, quite yeah. easily. He scored seventy nine against the the Titans in round three. He even scored well versus the Storm. I think he scored sixty five versus them from memory. Yep. He yeah, did. He did. Yeah. So um, yeah, nonetheless, I, I, I'd hundred percent be playing him this week, unless like you said and what you alluded to with uh, regards to Cleary. Uh, Obvious if he's your only step up, then that's what you have to do. But if you don't and you have another option, then you don't sell him. And, and this is a good example of what you need to look at too when you're selling guys to get into Cleary or, or even to fund a Talakai and so forth. Like you need to look at guys that you're not going to play the next couple of weeks. Like if you've got a guy that you say, Oh, I wasn't really going to trade player X, but I don't think I'm going to play him this week and I might not want to play him next week because of the matchups, then you need to consider whether he's someone you trade because you're not going to use him for the next fortnight. Um, whereas someone like Schneider, if you go to sell him, you need to look at his matchups because if you say to yourself, actually, I think that he's going to score 70 plus versus the Warriors and the Bulldogs the next two weeks, then he's a really strong play and you need to consider trading someone else if you can. I'm not saying, you know, don't get Cleary because you've got to hold Brad Schneider, but if you've got another option there, you should be going for that other option because Schneider's a really good play this week and next week and you should probably reconsider some of your trades and who you can get out because, you know, he, I would really like to have him this week. Uh, Curran's an obvious trade out. He's hurt his knee and he's gone, which is going to hurt the Warriors and super coaches immensely. Aiken's the 10th most traded out. Um, teams continue to trade him out. Look, he, he hasn't been as good as what we hoped. Um, the only thing I would say is, you know, the, 
the Raiders did give up quite a few points themselves. Um, his base is still at 48, which is still good. He's only got two tries in the year. He's still averaging 58 points as a center wing. He does have a high break even, but yeah, could be points on offer for him this week against the Raiders, and he does play round 13. Other thing to be careful of, Billy, is that whilst in a vacuum, trading action to Talakai is fine. You just got to be careful if you're just trading out all these guys that if you want to play the buys, you don't get to round 11 and 12 and you find that you've traded all the buy players, you haven't got none. And, and Aitken is one of the few guys that is a decent buy play option for round 13. So not saying he shouldn't go, yeah. but you probably need to consider these things as well before you hit the trade button. Yeah, I know what you're saying. The, the only thing with Aitken, though, is that um, he's, he's in one of the worst teams in the comp. So he, although he's stapled, he's sort of 50, unless he, unless he goes over, over the line, that's what you're going to get from him. So, But anyone can score sort of 35 points. So for, for, for the cash in, um, and you, you can pretty much get the 50 points um, off an upgrade in, in, the ne- in the next two weeks that he would otherwise score in that buy round anyway. So that's the reason for selling him. I, I got rid of him last week uh, purely because of that reason, and I, I wouldn't pull anyone else to do the same this week, even if it's only... Um, actually, that, that's what I meant to ask you. What's the deal with the uh, the others? Is it Balia, the, the, the young warrior that's the star of the season? Was, is he back through in injury or... Um, I guess injury recovery or injury injury cover. Do you reckon he might even be a, a straight um, downgrade swap for Aitken so he can upgrade elsewhere and still get a bike cover player? Um, he could be a straight downgrade. I mean, DWZ's out with concussion, um, but I'm pretty sure that Kossi got dropped. Um, so Valia and Berry are both coming in. I'm not sure what side Bailey is on. I'm not sure if it's Kossi's side. I think it is. So, I mean, if, if Kossi's dropped then it makes even more sense for Valia. So he's not going to get a price rise after this one. So certainly you can wait a week and have a look and see what TLT brings the following week. But as a downgrade, you know, he's only 200000 And the Warriors, like I said, do play the buy. So even if he's out for a few weeks, if he gets his spot back in round 13, he might give you some cover as well. So, yeah, he's not the worst downgrade option for sure. Yeah, it just means you've got to hold him and um, what ways to sort of spot there. Um, uh when, when a lot of people probably have, you know, the um, Billy Smith still sitting there, uh, maybe, maybe one other player. I think Cobbo has probably got um, a, a, another week if you should have still got him. Um, people have stags just to get rid of. So <laughs> there's probably a little bit of a long jam with sort of some nuffies in that sort of semi quality area right now. So, um, and especially given that some people are possibly looking at, looking at even getting rid of Targo to, to fund upgrades elsewhere. So, um, I think you need to be careful about sort of how, how many of those sort of guys you have on your bench as well. Yeah, you definitely got to be careful with your team makeup. And I've seen a lot of teams that only have four playing center wings, and that becomes really dangerous, especially at the moment with things like COVID protocols. Like you might have someone playing on a Sunday afternoon, and Sunday morning it's COVID protocols, and then you're stuffed. Unless you kept a trade up your sleeve to be able to make, you know, you're going to be copying an AE. And some of the AEs at the moment have been pretty terrible. So you want to be really careful, like Billy said, with your center wings. Um, but Valia looks like he's there. He's obviously there this week. I think that he'll be there for a couple. Um, so it, it's definitely an option because there is very few options that are actually playing that are a downgrade around that 200K mark. So consideration. Um, BEs wise, uh, we've got Starling with a 7BE. Uh, he's almost 500,000 now. You know, I wish I got on Starling. Um, obviously, someone like Randall Billy is ready to go. Starling put up 72 points against the Panthers on the weekend in a, in a game where he sort of got drubbed 
and he only played 65 minutes when the two weeks before he played 80. Since he's been starting, you know, the first um, the first game that he was starting in round four after he was benched the week before, he got 33 points. But the three games preceding those, 58, 83, and 72, three-round average of 71, uh, season average of 57, including a couple of bench games, sub 500,000, plays around 13, and has the Warriors and Bulldogs the next two weeks. I think that people are scrambling to get in whoever they missed, whether it's Talakai or Cleary or whatever. They're scrambling to get in these guys, including IPAP too. He's another one. Um, but if you've got these guys already, Billy, you can do some of these luxury trades. And I think that Starling is one that's going under the radar that people can't afford to look at at the moment. But this Warriors matchup, it's a real good one for him. Sub 500,000. Randall to him doesn't cost too much. I actually think it's a pretty underrated trade right now. And it also sets you up for round 13. Yeah, it's one that I'm sort of contemplating. Um, like, uh, you can't have everyone. So if you can't have everyone, what are the next best options? I think he's probably the second tier for for this week. So um, him and Papa Lee probably on, on equal par for this week, depending on which which route you want to go. Uh, look, I don't think there's any um, captaincy or vice captaincy options for this one. In fact, I don't have any idea what's going to happen in this one. So I'm going to go the the Raiders just because I think the Warriors have got too much. Um, too much in the injury boat, but Canberra are playing a dollar seventy-seven. It's so a pretty generous on top sport for this one, but I'm going to grab that. Bulldogs and Roosters is the next one. Um, I really don't want to talk about it, Billy. <laughs> uh, lost to the Dragons, pretty gutting on uh, Anzac Day weekend as well. Roosters, they've got two posts suspended for a week. Um, Nagama comes in and will be playing on that wing. Takeo and Butcher back on the bench with JWH and Radley starting. A, a few people didn't know why they were benched. They had um, sickness during the week, and that's the only reason. Uh, so, you know, the few Victor Radley owners, especially in draft, he's back in there. Um, for the COVID uh, players for the Bulldogs, they had Karaz, Oakenball, and Sigarakis come in, but they're all going to be replaced now because Avril Naden and Semen Fargai are all recovered from COVID and going to be playing. When we're having a look at market watch, the guy that's coming in hugely at the moment is Suali, is the third most traded in player. And I can see why, Billy, because we spoke about Valia as being a downgrade option. Look, Suali is more towards that 250K mark, so it's going to cost you roughly $40,000 more to go a Suali over a Valia. But the upshot is that a Suali is going to be a lot more playable. Um, I thought that he had his, his best game in first grade on the weekend. Uh, he looked a lot more comfortable. He had a really good ball to to Manu for Manu's try. Uh, scored 56 points. Um, that included that offload by make try assist. 28 in raw base is pretty impressive for him, though. So, uh, and i sorry, I made a mistake. He's more like 260000 But this is going to be his, his first price rise. He's got a single-digit break-even, so he's going to go up in money. And he does play that round 13 buy, which he'll almost certainly be there for. So, look, the Roosters aren't clicking, mate, but he ticks every box otherwise. He's going to be a downgrade. He's going to go up in price this week. He's got decent base, plays the buy round, and the Bulldogs are last. If the wrist is going to click ever, surely it's this week and Suwali might actually get a try. Yep, he's on the right wing. That's the reason why his base increased last week. Um, I say it every week, mate. Um, Roosters, centers don't touch him until they go to that right wing. Obviously, um, I'm referring to the left centre here because, you know, as you know, your right one could have a game, but... Um, he can also punch up forties. Um, I really don't, I really don't understand what's happening with the Chooks, mate. Teddy's Teddy's only scored one try this year. They normally go right. Those wingers normally normally sort of dominate. I think I've had every single sort of right winger all year, but the coaches refuse to, to start any of those three players I've got. 
Um, I think they've had what uh, uh, Manu's started there. You've had Billy Smith start there. You've had Suwali start there. You've had Momorowski start there. And you've had, um, what do you call it? Um, what's his name? Nakwama start there. I think you've had six different wingers on a goddamn wing this year. So trying to pick the one that's going to fall over the line. Let's just hope it's Suwali this week. Yeah, it hasn't been great. And like I mentioned that I think, you know, we've been missing a nine since Jake Friend and I was hoping that Verrills was going to you know, put us back or at least improve us, but that hasn't happened. Granted, he probably needs a couple of games under his belt, um, but Kiri is just nowhere near what he should be. He's so underdone um, and the attack's just not working, what they're doing. I've defended Teddy so many times and I'm still going to defend him because he, he ended up with 77 points on the weekend and I honestly think it was a 90-plus weekend for him um, and he just didn't, the scorers just aren't giving him any love at all. You know, he, he was easily 90-plus. And on my scoring, you could have been a hundred plus, but he's just not getting the benefit of the doubt on you know things like line breaks, tackle yeah. breaks, and stuff, and the runs. Yeah. Like, I'm, just about to say, I'm I'm considering selling him, but how many players that score sort of cup that score seventy points the week before um, that are coming up against the Bulldogs would you consider selling? <laughs> he didn't score any tries and scored seventy. I'm disappointed with it. Well, I mean, this is the thing, right? And this has been my argument to defend Teddy the whole time. And, like, look, I think because the Roosters are struggling so hard around him, it's obviously not helping him, and we can all see that at this point. Um, but the Roosters surely are going to improve at some point. I understand more so two weeks on people selling Teddy. It was a calculated move. I disagreed with it. A lot of us disagreed with it. Um, but, you know, now, okay, it's worked out for those people. But at the same time, with Tedesco, he hasn't, been going that badly like 76 points on the weekend 42 in rural base raw base uh, I think he had like 65 in base base attack you know and then he had the line break it's um it, it's not terrible and he's only got to be in the mid 60s so he's not going to drop a huge ton of money even if he doesn't go that well again but against the dogs and the titans the next two weeks I mean arguably they're the two least informed sides in the comp aside from the warriors you know, like, it's just a, there's no, I'm not even thinking about selling him. You know, I think that if you had to get Cleary in, then you got to do it. And I understand that. But if you've got other ways to get Cleary in and other ways to fund it, like an Ilias to Cleary via a downgrade somewhere else or enough second rower, than you, you know, Aiken, like we're talking about or something, you do stuff like that. You don't need to trade Tedesco out. And he's got the best draw that he could have. He's been going as bad as possible. And he still scored 76 on the weekend, which... Again, I think it was a ninety-plus score. So, yeah, it's—I don't think it's that bad, Billy. Yeah, when you put it in perspective like that, which is what I've done at the last minute, and yeah, you got to—you got to hold out. Um, surely you have to sell like the Aikens and those sorts of guys first. So, we'll give him a couple of weeks, see how he goes. Um, obviously, obviously, regardless of how he goes, he's still going to go playing Origin. He's one of the greats. He's the captain. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. So. Write it out, then get rid of him when you have to. Like when Turbo comes back. Yeah, he's a couple of weeks off himself. Um, Tedesco's high score ever is 199 points, and that was against the Bulldogs, uh, I think, last year. So just worth noting that one because it's not like the dogs are travelling too great either, even though the Roosters are out of form. Um, Billy, having said that, you know, I, I think at this point it's a dangerous proposition to be looking at a, a Teddy captain, vice captain. It would be a, a real big pod move, though, because now Tedesco is a pod himself. Um, people aren't staying on Teddy, and there's, there, it's definitely a pod captaincy option. Um, would you even consider it if you were going to do a, go a captain later in the round, you know, like with that Storm game? Would you even consider a VC on him if you were looking at like a C Munster or something? No. 
I'm not captaining anyone that's not a goal kicker anymore because when we have an absolute horrid game, they're still you still you still need blokes like Pappy and Cleary to score sort of seven when when they have, have an absolute shocker. So when Teddy has an absolute shocker, it's 40-44. I can't handle it. Yeah, and look, I think other weeks, like I would actually say, you know, what if they're playing early, I would VC Teddy. Um, but with Hines and Talakai playing the first game and then Cleary the second game, oh, I just don't think that you can afford to, to be doing it this week. Uh, top spot better of the week, though. You know, the Roosters are, are not going well and the bookies realise it. Uh, minus 13.5 at $1.90. I'm going to take them minus 10.5 at $1.72. And I reckon that's real good odds for them. I think, you know, they probably should have beaten the Dragons last week, obviously, but. Yeah, they'll beat the Bulldogs 11-plus this week. I'm pretty confident. Top Sports got the great odds covered for that one. The Eels and the Cowboys. We've got your boys up next, third last game of the round. And on the Eels side of things, exactly the same 17, so super easy. But then Todd Payton as well. Um, no changes. But last week we saw Halem Lukey thrown on the bench after everyone was buying him. Um, still managed to throw out a 70, scored a line break try. He'll probably bench him again, um, and he'll probably put Cotter in at 13 and put Tom Lolo prop, and he'll think he's really smart doing that. But at the moment, the team sheet says that they're not doing anything. Um, Moses on Market Watch, six most traded out player. Like I was saying last week, Billy, this kind of goes against popular strategy when you know you ride guys that are hot. Mitchell Moses is 730,000 at the moment. Obviously, being going great guns. He's got a break even of 85, but you kind of think that he's going to hit that this week. He's got a really good matchup versus the Cowboys, and he's on 81, 72, 90, and 144 for his last month of football that he's been on fire for. But again, Nathan Cleary, he's only 200 odd K away from Mitchell Moses. So it, it does make sense selling him. Um, would you say with someone like Moses for this Cowboys matchup that you try and hold them and, and sell like a, um, an Ilias via somebody else's money, downgrading a second row or something like that instead? Or would you just cut cut Moses now? No, no. Of course, like you, you've got to try the absolute deadweight option first because the way the way he's been playing, he's likely to score another 80, 85 this week. And you know, of course, he can go hundred plus. He's, I've been look, I've been death rowing the bloke, um, but he just keeps reducing the scores. So while while he keeps doing it, just keep riding it. Um, I wouldn't be selling him, but if it absolutely came to the crunch, you had to sell someone for Gary. I think, you, yeah, he's obviously on the chopping block. You cannot not get Cleary this week for that break-even of five or whatever it is because if he goes 150, then he's over a million. See you later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, If you've got to sell him, you've got to sell him. But um, certainly consider the move that you could, you know, trade an Ilias, for example, or a Schneider and um, have a downgrade elsewhere. And that way you've got the two-gun halves. So that's something to definitely consider. Market Watch traded in. Uh, Isaiah Papali'i, he had a massive week himself, coming in with the fourth-highest score at 123 points. Scored a double, um, also had the two line breaks, um, also had a try assist, also had a try contribution, uh, 12 points in tackle breaks, four, uh, one offload. You know, he just, he did everything in the clutch and base attack department and putting it all together was 123 points. Absolutely killed me um, that he went up because I've been looking at trying to get him for a few weeks and I just haven't been able to afford it. Now he's gone up 37,000 for this matchup, Billy. 766,000. Now, there's a lot of teams that are going to maybe have a Talakai and a Cleary. Um, certainly going to have a Cleary potentially and no Talakai and vice versa. Where do you put Papa Lee in the trainings for this week? Because, again, he's coming off 123. He's got a low break even himself um, at 42, so he's going to go up and cash again. Can't get all three of these expensive guys. Um, to me, Cleary's a, the number one target. 
But is Papa Lee, you know, above Talakai on the pecking order? Uh, I wouldn't put him above there because he's not as much of a damaging wrecking ball. But I'll tell you what, um, if you had a Max King or the other King, um, I'd be inclined to sort of cash those guys out now. Use probably, what, an extra what an extra few hundred grand for a top-up if you can. Yeah, you're looking at about 350 from a Max King. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's basically going to be, if you can't do it, if you've already got Talakai and, and um, Cleary, I think, like, I would rate him third. Like, I think you need to go Cleary, Talakai, Papalia in that order on your priority list. It kind of makes sense in that order. Um, look, at least for some reason, you don't own, like, a, a Hines or a Papenhusen. They'd still go in there as well. But with regards to break-even, I think, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're three of the big ones. Maybe throw a Cody Walker out fourth if, you can, if you've got a luxury trade up your sleeve. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Papalia, to benchmark him against the other big buyers that are expensive. Um, Papa Lee is not going to go 150 plus, you know, and the, the the game that he just had for 123, that could end up being his top score of the year. He's, his value is that he doesn't go below 65 at the moment. You know, he's got a 65 to 100 range, which is great, but he isn't going to be a guy that burns you with 150 score. Uh, Talakai and Cleary will both burn you with 150 score. And I think that's the difference. And that's the reason that you, you do it in that order. Now, if you own Talakai, and Cleary or one of them, then certainly your other big upgrade, I think, is Papa Lee this week, and I'd put him up there as probably third. Um, so it certainly deserves to be there. The stats he put up on the weekend were incredible. Um, when you're looking at BEs in this one, Lukey has a minus 27 BE, but he's now over 400,000. So Billy, last week when he got benched, I thought he was a bit of a trap um, because we were hoping he was going to start. Uh, I, I thought he'd play 60-plus minutes, but I was hoping he might get 80. Uh, ended up coming in off the bench, obviously, with the late change and only played 50 minutes, but scored the 70 points with the line break try and had 33 in rural base. He's always got the tackle breaks and the offload going. His base attack has looked really good. But at over 400,000 now, despite the negative BE, I kind of think it's a bit trappish to jump on. Uh, I think that there's some other better options that you could sort of get on instead um, because I'm just, I would be pretty worried that he's going to be in that 40 to 50 minute range and he's going to get benched again. Yeah, no, lucky for me, mate. You, you never know what's going to happen with, with regards to that sort of rotation. You've got obviously cut off lingering um, in case um, what's your name goes up to prop. Um, you've got uh, like Nano is obviously going to play play the play the full game. Like they they keep going the aerial ball to him, but you've got no base. So um, yeah, that left left edge is just going to keep rotating and rotating and rotating. Um, and I think and I think you're going to get you're going to get any consistency there. You've also got um, um, what's his name. Um, Hess, who comes on, I know he's supposed to be playing in the forward rotation, but coach might even decide he wants to chuck him, him, him on, on, on edge for a few minutes. Um, Cameo, when, when they want, want a damaging edge forward, so I just wouldn't go anywhere near him, mate, especially at that price. It's, it's not it's not rock bottom, um, so I think it's coin that could be used elsewhere, mate. I'm with you on that one. Yeah, and what you'll find is that you the negative break even look great, but then he'll throw up a 40 odd, um, and then all of a sudden, because of his price point already being 407000 his break-even is going to get high really quickly and you're going to end up trading him out for, you know, 60 grand or something if you're lucky. And he's going to play around 13 and if you try and hold him for it, you're going to lose all the money that you made anyway. So it's it, obviously if he starts, different story, but you just can't be guaranteed that with how Peyton's running this team. Uh, Cowboys and Eels is actually in Darwin. So this is going to be an interesting one. It, it could be pretty hot up there, uh, which might play a bit of a part. The Cowboys will be used to that. The big Eels may not be, so it's something to consider. Top sport better of the week, though. Um, Eels line's only minus 10.5 for the $1.90. Cowboys have been playing pretty good footy, but I dare say being in Darwin, 
favours the Cowboys a little bit. Uh, I'm going to bring that down to minus five and a half, though, for $1.70. And I reckon that's a pretty good bet for the Eels to continue on. Second last game, Knights in the Storm. The Storm were the informed team in the comp. 70 points last week, 70 to 10 win over the Warriors. The Knights were abysmal. 39 to 2, they lost to your Eels, who actually absolutely ran rampant that second half. Um, Dagan Gagai is now out and going to be for a while with a broken cheek. So that's a real concern. Uh, Brody Jones is named, but he hurt his arm last week. So I don't think he's going to play either. So all of a sudden, they're going to be down on troops even more so. And they're going to be playing them arguably the number one team in the comp, um, certainly the number one team outside of Penrith. So it doesn't look good for them. Um, but with, you know, the Storm basically the same side, uh, for Supercoach purposes, no real changes. Look, Randall's been traded out hugely. He's peaked. I don't think we need to talk about that. And, and Josh King as well, we've spoken about last week. But market watch in, three Storm players, Pappy, Munster, and can you guess who the third guy being traded in heavily is, Billy, from the Storm? Happy Monster and traded it, traded in. Happy Monster. Surely everyone owned the grant, so it can't be him. Uh, no one will be trading Coates back in. You reckon they're going? It's your old boy from the Eels, mate, Moriora. Really? <laughs> He's the downgrade option this week. It looks like so. I think Why? a lot of I think a lot of people are dumping Haas and looking at one hundred eighty eight thousand option. He's going to get he's going to get fifteen minutes off the bench. A nightmare. Anyway, those are the guys. Um, So Pappy, obviously, coming off that score, and Munster scored a ton as well. They're playing a night side that they could absolutely rip apart. So very scary if you don't own either of those guys. We don't need to go through the numbers for them. But Moriella, like you mentioned, um, I actually looked at him as well because there's not very many guys that you can get in if you want to downgrade someone like Haas if he doesn't play to a minimum salary type of guy. He's gotten 29 and 28 points the last two weeks, but... His minutes have been up a little bit. The weeks before, he was getting teens in his scores, and that's a bit concerning. He does only really have a break even around five, so he's going to make a little bit of money, but it's going to be a real slow burn. And, yeah, it's it could be an AE nightmare, like Billy said. But, yeah, I mean, where are you with, with AE nightmares like this? Like, if you're a team that has to go down to someone under 200,000 to be able to get the clearies and the talakais and the so forth... Do you get a guy like like Tepai who maybe gets more minutes if there's injuries and stuff, or maybe it's an increased role for a few weeks, or do you just go, no, nah, I'm not going to risk the AE nightmare. I'd rather just get enough in at 188 thousand or something. I'm, I'm much rather enough, Jewel. It's going to be more. It's going to be more valuable at this point in the season, particularly when you're trying to maneuver pawn pieces pieces around. Like uh, enough, Jewel could, could allow you to bring someone from forward down the second row when you're trying to get rid of a you know centre three quarter or something rather. Or bring a sense record up or down or whatever. So I think there's more value in the jewel than um, than you know, an extra 20 grand on the guy that's going to score you 20 points. Yep. Another guy to talk about in the break-even market is Xavier Coates with a break-even of one. 436,000. Everybody was trading him out last week, had a break-even of over 100. And he actually got over it, 123 points versus the Warriors. Needed four tries to get there, though. Obviously playing the Knights this week. Could also be a carver, but look, it's a bit of an interesting one, mate. Like, if you have an own coach, you might look at that and go, wow, he's going to be getting heaps of tries again this week. But when he needs four tries to get to 123, you kind of think, well, even if he bags a double, it could only be 65 points. So, yeah. you know, is it really worth spending 400K plus on him versus Newcastle this week, you know, hoping he's going to get a hat trick or something? 
Yeah, that, that was the whole point of us not sort of getting into start of the season, like um, knowing that uh, at that sort of price range, he's going to pump off the sticking to the 25s. But playing for the Storm, like, <laughs> it's frustrating. The score 23, and you're like, they have indicated, then comes out and scores 123, has that sort of break even, and then you're like, oh, Xavier Coates playing for the Storm against one of the weakest teams in the comp that was sort of deflated at the moment with injuries. And you're kind of like, she's going to score another 100. So, um, props to those that sort of got him. It's worked out. Um, I wouldn't be buying him, but I'd, I'd still be playing him for sure. Um, yeah, I'd be hold, obviously going to hold him with the low break even, and you're definitely going to play him. I, I couldn't buy him at that price either, though. Um, even the low break even, that can change very quickly for someone like Coates. Uh, when we're looking at Pappenhausen being one of the most uh, trading players, for those that don't own him, they're obviously jumping on now because you know, you've got people that sold him like yourself, hoping that he was going to be injured, and he wasn't. Scored 155 points last week, playing the Knights this week. Does that make him a captaincy option? Um, I think it does. I think certainly a VC Cleary and a, and a C Pappenhausen to ride the 250-plus scores from last week makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that's what everyone's going to do, mate. Well, you'd like to think a lot of people with common sense to do that, but, um, yeah, people need pod, pod plays as well, so I'm sure there'll be a, a few pod plays, but... Um... I can't really think of any other combination you, you would want, want to try this week. So what's your bold prediction on Pappy scoring this week? Um, I'm going to make the bold prediction that he's going to be under a ton. Uh, given the fact that I can't afford him, I'm giving two tons. <laughs> can't absolutely calm me up. Top score bet of the week. Uh, look, $1.07 for the Storm. Minus 21.5 for... The line when it's like this on top sport and any of the bookies because everyone's got them at low, low odds. Uh, I like to look at the try scorers. Xavier Coach is on fire at the moment. You can get him for a dollar sixty though on on topsport.com.au. So certainly jump on that. Um, it is a good point to mention. Top Sport is the fantastic sponsor of the All Stars podcast. You can go to www.topsport.com.au to have a look at the odds. Uh, certainly, you can also download the app, but if you don't know about them, Topsport are 100% Australian-owned bookie. They are one of the best in market at having some of the best odds that you can find across sport, but also in racing as well. They've got some fantastic odds, and they've got heaps of markets too. I've chatted to heaps of people lately that have been really enjoying betting on the fantasy markets. Topsport put on player performance markets where there's real simple fantasy scoring system. Uh, it is based on NRL stats rather than Fox Sports stats like Supercoach. So check out the NRL stats if you want to sort of do some sums and work it out. But you can bet over and unders on point scoring based on their fantasy point scoring system. And it's just like betting on Supercoach with a few less stats involved. So it makes it a bit easier to bet on. Uh, but certainly jump on topsport.com.au and have a look. Gamble responsibly. But if you do want to have a gamble on some of these markets and more, make sure that you create an account with the promo code from this podcast. That is SC All Stars, all one word. And that way they'll know you're one of our listeners and they'll take great care of you. Topsport.com.au, get on them. Dragons, Tigers, mate. Two teams that are on winning streaks, which I don't think we would have thought would have been happening at this point when we we're going to talk about this matchup. Um, look, there isn't a huge amount happening with this. I just I think that we need to just take a minute here to give the Dragons and Tigers fans just a little clap because I think they've had a pretty tough season, mate, and they deserve some wins, even if it wasn't expensive. My uh, roosters on the weekend, the Tigers have got a two-game winning streak going, and uh, I think both teams and fan bases probably deserve a little bit of winning the last couple of weeks. Well, I'm sick of my Tigers, mate, it's coming out from the woodwork. Seems like every time they play the Eels, they've got to rub, they've got to uh, throw something out there. But um, it's funny, as soon as they beat Souths, mate, they, um, 
Facebook was quiet. It's almost like they don't know anyone <laughs> from Redstone. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, look, they've, they've, they've looked a lot better with um, with Hastings sort of playing straight and uh, books you get a bit more room, but I think everyone's kind of seen that. So, yeah, watch them another week, see what happens. But um, it'll certainly, it'll certainly give the fans a lot more confidence and the, the only thing you can be sure of, mate, they're not going to get any more 10 to 1s the odds for a head-to-head. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's certainly going to change up quite a bit. Might present a bit of value. Both these sides have got a few um, injury issues as well. Jack Bird's been named, but it looked like he busted his arm. Moses Zembai has been named to start at fullback for the Dragons as well. So there's probably going to be a few changes. Your your boy Sloan might actually come in and get a run as well. He's in jumper 21. I think he's a good chance of coming in. Um, and for the Tigers as well, Stafford Tower is going to continue to start at fullback after moving there when Dane Laurie got injured. He's out for at least a month. Yeah. Did he... Um... How did, how did he go the, with the second half of the game last week? Um, I actually quite like the look of him. I thought that he played quite well. Um, I, I don't know how much time he's actually had. Uh, I, I think mainly he's been a, a winger and an occasional centre. Um, ended up scoring 50 points overall, though. Um, and I think that was half a game at fullback. Um, so it'd be interesting because, I mean, something the Tigers do have, and, you know, he's 340000 so I think he's probably too... Too expensive. Expensive. Which is a shame because he was, if he was sort of like 250 to 300, you might even have a look at him because they've got the Dragons, Manly, the Cowboys, and Bulldogs the next month of footy. Um, but yeah, probably a little bit too much. But another guy that has been going well too, an old fallen gun mate, David Nofaluma. All of a sudden, Nofo has a break even of minus 31. And I, I mentioned to someone his base, is, his base and base attack's actually been way down. Like his, his base is 24 which for him isn't great. He always sort of had a rule base of 30 plus, and that was his downfall last year. You know, he went from a 2020 average of 76 to a 2021 of 53. He's gone slightly up to a 56, but his big problem the last couple of years and why he hasn't been a buy is just simply because his base base attacks dropped off so much. Um, certainly the try scoring a little bit as well, but the base base attack is what you could always bank on getting a good score from NOFO. He's now 489,000 with a minus 31 break even though. So he's going to make some cash. And he's against an understrength Dragons team, and he scored a double the last two weeks in a row. So he's got the 89 and 102, and that's obviously in his rolling average at the moment. So he's going to make some cash. I would be very surprised if he doesn't score a try this week. I think he's a real good bet for a 65-plus score again. So, I mean, this is another way. And we've said, like, downgrade some um, second rowers or or even some guys like Moses in your halves to, to find the money for Cleary or for a Talakai. You can also downgrade some of these expensive centers. Like if you've got a center wing that's gone up to six to seven hundred thousand, and you think that their run's sort of over, um, a downgrade to a no Faluma for a couple of weeks, uh, it, it might work out okay with their draw. Uh, I think it's pretty risky, uh, but he does have that minus thirty-one be Billy. So with that in the draw, you got a little bit of a safety net. And if it's a downgrade, it's a pod play for a few weeks. I'm not going to say I'm massively behind it, but it's certainly a different way to skin the cat to get some of these other guys in. Yeah, yeah, I, I looked at it, mate. Um, I think the thing that kind of turned me off it was the fact that he didn't place the round 13, and that was kind of a um, that was kind of the um, the 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 bull, bullish kind of move there. So, but I think I'll stay away. Also, the fact that his base is to the down and it still is the Tigers, but um, I think he's going to increase um, probably to the ten points a game just having Hastings there, but. Um, yeah, look, if there's one target that I would probably want to get, it's probably more so waiting for um, um, 
Um, what's his name? I'll make the comeback from injury there. Six Dewey, but even then, he likely he likely goes like uh, uh, doesn't doesn't goal kick first up and moves to centre. Right? They're not going to move the one million dollar guy out of, out, of, out of the six. Yeah, that's right. So it's going to be interesting what's going to happen. I think they're going to play him at centre, and he is the most interesting super coach option. And he's probably only a few weeks away from getting back to full training. I think so. Keep your eye out for him. Uh, but, yeah, I kind of agree on Nofo. If he was playing round 13, I think it's a lot more palatable. Um, but I will say it's quite extraordinary that his two highest scores have come against the Eels and, the, and Souths in the last two weeks. Like 89 on the Eels and 102 on Souths. And he now has a month of, you know, much lesser teams ahead of him. Yeah, I think, I think the flip side of the argument um, is... Um, Hastings only came back into the into the seven role for those for those two games. So if that's what if that's what he can do with Hastings at seven versus two higher quality teams, um, Sky's surely the limit with uh, lower quality teams. If that sort of if that sort of continues and the way Hastings has been playing, I, I can't see it regressing. This game is going to be at Wollongong, um, so it should favour the Dragons. I actually expect um, Bird to probably pull out um, and a couple of changes for the Dragons. So on top sport, I'm really surprised that the Tigers are two dollars forty-five, and plus five and a half line. You can get that line at plus seven and a half, and still get a dollar seventy-eight on it for the Tigers. And I reckon that is phenomenal. Um, if the Dragons win, I don't think it's going to be a huge win. So uh, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good one on top sport. Billy, you reckon the Tigers are going to get up in this one? Yeah, I'll back them to keep rolling, mate. They're, they're playing well at the moment. They're only just getting up, but they're getting up, and I like Washington. So yeah. Yeah, it is a good story to see him turning around and manage to keep his job as well. Uh, that does it for the podcast, mates. And that is the round ahead, round eight. Thanks for jumping on again. I hope you have a better week this week, although it's going to be without Pappenhausen, so maybe you couldn't won't. Be, <laughs> couldn't be any bloody worse. At least I'll get one of them. Well, that's true. Well, look, I'll, I'll uh, try and get most of them in, but I'll probably be without one or two of the big guns as well. So we're both going to have to hold our breasts so we can... Um, we can speak in the next couple of weeks and cry about it again, but um, but otherwise, mate, good luck. I hope it works out for you. Yeah, thanks, mate. I think I need it. Hey, you too. <laughs> thanks. I'm I'm going to need it times ten. But uh, yep, planning on the bounce back, guys and girls. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. You can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, and Audible. You can also find us on Twitter. Follow us at NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. And certainly, if you're going to jump on Top Sport, make sure that you use SC All-Stars as your promo code to create an account today. Good luck in round eight. Good luck getting all of the big guns in. Definitely focus on those high upside guys and don't make the mistakes that me and Billy made last week and plan ahead and go with your gut. Good luck with the round eight. We all go fantastic and can't wait to chat talk and footy at the end of this week. And then again with Supercoach on Wednesday, dropping next week for TLT round nine. Thanks for tuning in once again. Hey now, you're an all-star, get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show 